probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me this end of the week is... Travis Bowe. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for ra- running out the week with us, man. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so before we get into this one, I, uh, I just thought about this. I, I usually ask people kind of what, uh, you know, if they're fans of John Carpenter in general or, you know, what you think of his other movies. But I also want to know, um, you know, are, are you, do you guys have other John Carpenter movies on that kind of master list that you plan to, to cover on the podcast? I think we've got um, Big Trouble Little China. Awesome. And then that might be the only other one. Yeah, I don't think we've got Escape from New York or uh, that would have come before this, I think. So. Yeah. Um, now I think that might be it. I think we're we've talked about they live but uh yeah i don't know if we've added that one or not but this one i guess is kind of you know of of his most well-known movies like you you know i'm a huge carpenter fan so i love a lot of the stuff that he's done after this but in terms of movies that have had like a big impact and are a big part of kind of you know that culture for sure this is this is maybe the last one of those that was like a a a really big important movie for yeah yeah. the general public of, of his stuff for sure but uh, yeah, are you, are you a fan of of any other Carpenter movies in general? Are there are there others that you kind of ever revisit or are a fan of? Um, I really like Halloween. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I haven't seen that one. Like, I did grow didn't grow up watching a lot of horror movies, so I'm really only finding some of these you know within the last couple of years. So Halloween is is one I just watched like last year around Halloween. So, yeah. um, but but then like looking at the movies he did. I didn't know, like as a kid, I saw Christine, but I didn't know that was John Carpenter. So, like, mm-hmm. kind of looking at his his movies, like, oh, okay, I, I remember that movie, and you know, enjoyed it, you know, when I was young or whatever. Um, like, Big Trouble in Little China, it, it's it's got really fun moments, um, and like I said, They Live is uh, has some really fun moments too. But I'm not, uh, I, I really like The Man, but I don't have a lot of connection with with too many of his movies yeah he's he's interesting because you know i've talked about this a lot so i won't go go into it a ton but um sure you know he's uh he's obviously mostly known as kind of a the horror guy but yeah, yeah you know his movies really do kind of spread a pretty wide swath of, of great stuff uh, particularly in the late 70s to mid 80s doing yeah. you know things as different as Starman and Dark Star and The Thing and Halloween and, um, you know, just all kinds of, you know, they kind of lean towards the horror and sci-fi, but certainly he's done some different kinds of things. And, and you yeah. know, now now the guy is a, uh, a internationally touring musician. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty awesome. He's a pretty yeah. inspiring figure and and, a, and an interesting guy to, to learn about for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the Thing is definitely my favorite of his. And then, yeah. Me too. <laughs> what a shock, but <laughs> yeah, that's weird. 
Um, yeah, so uh, cool. So I guess we can uh, dig into sure. today's minute, which is uh, minute 75 of the thing. So that begins uh, with uh, Max telling, telling uh, Nalls to untie the dock because they're worried about uh, Norris. And then ends a minute later with uh, Max saying, uh, if anybody tries to wake me. So he's you know still in his kind of threat. He's, he's threatened in self-defense mode there. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I know it's a little disheartening to not get to get so close to the <laughs> to the infamous scene that's uh, oh. that's coming up uh, in less than sixty seconds from what we're talking about. Oh man! But I will say I'm kind of glad that this part of that scene is uh, separated from that one because sure. uh, I think you know everybody remembers the chest bursting scene and it's such an iconic piece of horror movie history and special yeah, effects yeah. history and. You know, it's just such a shocking moment that anybody who's seen this movie, that's, that's the first thing you think of when you think about the thing. But right. um, this the the lead up to it in this scene is really, really interesting and really re- well done. Um, I, I tend to think that this part of the scene is maybe the best edited part of this movie. Huh. There's just a lot of really cool stuff going on that, that we can dig into in the way it kind of sets up a, a couple different uh, kind of theaters of action that are happening all at once. So obviously, on on first, the first thing that we see is McCready. Uh, as soon as we jump into the medical room, McCready has kind of uh, now he's got a flamethrower. So somehow, <laughs> <laughs> I like that we've kind of jumped that. That somehow he managed yeah. to, you know, take his take his jacket. Oh, he didn't take his jacket off, but somehow, you know, put down the flare and get this flamethrower on while still holding everybody hostage is is pretty interesting. I, I like yeah, to wonder how that happened. <laughs> that's one of my notes too. It's like I wish we could get to see the awkward process that uh, that must have been putting on that flamethrower pack <laughs> <laughs> while maintaining that threat of you know setting off the dynamite. That yeah, I, I, we're really missing something there. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picturing you know <laughs> like uh, somebody who's trying to like. Like if you're wearing a T-shirt over a long sleeve shirt and you want to take off the long sleeve shirt but leave the T-shirt on, yeah, yeah, uh, but while somehow to, while holding while something on fire, couple, yeah, I was thinking like while holding a cup of coffee or something. Mm-hmm. It certainly would be pretty interesting. I, I'd like to see somebody uh, recreate that. Would be yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting uh, piece of fan uh, fan theory there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where the scene begins. Its focus is kind of the jump from McCready in the supply room to McCready now in the, um, in the medical room with, uh, you know, where he's kind of up the stakes even farther that now he has a weapon on top of the explosive. Um, and I like that when we cut to him, he's kind of flexing his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is it's a uh, nice touch to yeah maintain the fact that he was left outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a great kind of character bit there. It's like, you know, a- actors always say, uh, they ask directors, you know, what's my business? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And what's the physical right. thing I should be doing while I'm reciting the lines. And I'd yeah. love to know if, uh, if that's something who came up with that little bit of action, because it's, yeah. it's a great little character moment that really sells, uh, you know, the, it sells that cut. That we know it had right. there hasn't been a lot of time that's passed that he's still kind of warming up. He's not completely yeah, he's unfrozen adjusting. yet. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a nice touch. But meanwhile, we we cut uh, over to the other side of the room where uh, Copper, who we haven't seen in a while, he's been sedated and tied up on that couch. I like that we cut right back to him and he's immediately like uh, like beating the shit out of out of <laughs> Norris's yeah. chest, like. I don't know if a, that's the that's the first thing a doctor would do necessarily. Yeah, but. it gives him that like real real solid you know punch to the chest before he's like and then like instantly rips off his uh, rips the buttons <laughs> off or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess it you know that's the other thing is you know we talked about how McCready's obviously still cold, so it hasn't been that much time. But also like 
uh, Norris hasn't been breathing. Like, so it really uh, yeah. could only be a, an extremely short amount of time. So we could add to the fact that McCready changed, uh, put on that flamethrower and was holding all that stuff and also had to do it really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, so we've got the McCready is kind of still holding everybody hostage, and they're all still kind of wary. And uh, and to add to the tension, there's literally a man dying on the table as uh, yeah. Copper is trying to resuscitate him. And then kind of the third thing that's also begins to happen is we get these uh, we get these really great shots that are uh, I I think it almost seems to me like they're from the flamethrower's point of view, which is uh, an interesting touch because. It's like it's not McCready that's holding. Like they're all focused in on the flamethrower and, yeah. and trying to figure out how to get that away from him. So we're, <laughs> we're seeing it from the gun, the gun's perspective, basically, instead of the sure. man, as yeah. they all kind of look down at it. But as we get one of those shots, we see uh, Clark in the background looks takes <laughs> yeah. a look down, and you know it's something you could easily miss. But then we cut to the scalpel on the table, and right. it's like, uh, okay, I see, I see what's about to happen here. So it's there's. Uh, this scene is so intense because there's like these three levels of there, there's a great video uh, that the, on this YouTube channel called uh, Films and Stuff where they did this breakdown of this scene and how how the thing is one of the rare movies that is able to accomplish both suspense and surprise equally well and this oh, this okay. is this is the scene they use to as an example and it's just perfect because we see, you know, the example of like suspense in a movie is always like there's a, they say suspense is a bomb under the table that the characters don't know about. Yeah. Whereas surprise is that bomb going off. And this is like several layers of suspense going on where you know, McCready's literally got a bomb in his hand. There's a guy dying 10 feet away that they're trying to resuscitate. And so those stakes are pretty high. And then Clark is also, you know, <laughs> slowly yeah. and secretly reaching for a weapon to to take out McCready. Mm. Um so it's it's just such a ridiculously intense scene. Um and it's really, really well crafted the way it all kind of comes together in this minute. Wow, that's a that's a great way to I I would have never, you know, paid attention to all those layers, but yeah, that's a that's a great way to to think about this scene. Yeah, the major credit to the to that video. I'll sure. definitely post that in the notes for today. But because um, I hadn't really thought about it that closely either, but yeah. it's it's certainly interesting. And I like to this minute does not have any music. That really yeah, the, yeah. the only kind of consistent thing is you constantly hear that the sound of the flamethrower in the background mm. always, which is like you know kind of up ratchets up that tension for that. Sure, that like at any moment he could squeeze that trigger and and they all go. <laughs> So yeah, there's just a, a lot going on here to build up to this uh, insane moment that we're getting yeah. getting up to. So what I was wondering is, they've untied Clark and Gary um, as well as Copper. Obviously, is that because all eyes are on McCready now, or do they just because they need Copper, they untie the others? Like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, I guess I guess in the last minute, McCready does say like, "I'm not letting anybody out of my sight." Okay, but yeah. but still, he yeah. was the one. He was the one who was suspicious. He's the one who chose to tie those three up in the first place. So the, you're right. That is kind of interesting. That there's no reason why Clark and Gary needed to get untied. Like, yeah, I mean, I like seeing everybody in the room here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did kind of wonder once. You know, I forgot that I wasn't thinking about the fact that uh, he said he wanted everyone all together. Yeah. Well, and I guess the other thing too is like, you know, we kind of talked about it with McCready and Nalls earlier in that, like, if there are three people, then chances are at least two of them are human. 
probably. Yeah. So yeah. there's less of a chance that the thing is going to attack. But, you know, I guess maybe if they just untied Copper and left the two, uh, Gary and Clark still tied to that couch, there's a fair chance that one, that you know, there's a 50-50 chance that one of them might be infected and, and could take over the other one or, <laughs> or escape. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, r- rope is not a major deterrent to uh, <laughs> to a shape-shifting monster, yeah, as we'll see yeah. uh, later in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we get a lot of a lot of Mac uh, kind of, I guess, kind of grandstanding here. <laughs> oh yeah, he is he is magic here. Yes, some great his, uh, creepy lines. His, yeah, his anger at Nulls and you know a, another uh, perfect moment for me just uh, between uh, Mac and Childs. So yeah, it's just that he's totally believable as this like madman who's on his own, but has you know everyone is at his mercy. He just plays it perfectly. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic, and and Kurt Russell does such a good job where he's like, uh, he's so pissed at, at them for what they tried to do, and it's like, he's it's almost like this is his revenge, but it's also just like, guys, I had everything under control. I walked out yeah. for forty five minutes, and this is what happens when I come back. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, he's gonna he's gonna take take back control by any means necessary. Yeah, and, yeah. and if that means throwing everybody else under the bus, so be it. But. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Nalls because, you know, like we said, he's he's the one person who I feel like you never really suspect in the movie or or feel, you know, feel angry at or or, or violent against. And and he's like, maybe I ought to just kill you on general principles. Nalls. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so yikes! Good. Wow. Yeah, and so it's there's there's some great uh, writing on these on McCready's lines here with the whole have yourselves a little lynching party. And <laughs> I like that he calls them all the jury too. Like, yeah, did, did yeah. it ever occur to the jury that, uh, that somebody was trying to set me up? So yeah, it's this now, if you weren't sure before, like now we're definitely sure. Like, yep. McCready's the one we're supposed to be behind. And these right. other guys are kind of the threat that we, uh, cause e- even the way the camera's kind of set up in this scene, that's, that's how we're, we're kind of meant to feel. I think mm-hmm. I do like that at the very end of this minute, we get, I, I believe it's another um, split diopter shot where we get that kind of, there's a, a split in the focus where the one side of the frame is very up close and the other side is very far away, but they're both in focus where we're seeing uh, that scalpel that Clark is oh, hiding. Okay. It's, yeah, this, yeah. this one's not as obvious. The, the Earlier in the movie when, um, when McCready goes to visit Fuchs just before Fuchs gets killed is a really obvious one. Like you can see the line and it's um, it's just, it's a really, it's, it's an amazing shot. It's really, really cool, but it's very obvious that they use, you know, some kind of trick to have those both okay. be in focus. This one is a is pretty careful, and it may not even be split after. It's hard to tell, but they do a good job of of hiding it. I think if it is where, you know, if you if you've kind of looked at other movies that use split after shots, you can the best ones will figure out a way to hide the line in between the two sides of the lens, like along a shadow or like sure. a corner or something. And I think. It must be running down the shadow on Nall's back here, so you can't really mm. see it. But it does look like it's probably another one of those shots because the that scalpel is like really close to the camera, <laughs> but you can still pretty clearly see uh, see McCready in, way far in the background there. So it's a pretty mm. cool cool little shot that pits the, those two things against each other and sets up what uh, what those two without any kind of words or anything sets up what those two things are, are how they're going to come to a head at some point. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I know what kind of shot you're talking about, but I didn't catch it in in this. So I'm gonna have to have to look for that. Where where was it? Uh, it's at in, the at the very end of this minute. Um, 
the I think it's actually the last shot. Yeah, the last shot oh, of the minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never even caught that before. Yeah, I never noticed that this was. I, I'm pretty sure it's a split uh, split focus shot, but I never noticed that that was in, huh. that it was kind of a special shot like that or special yeah. lens or anything until going through it. But I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, it's it's a cool split adapter is one of those cool tricks that. You, yeah, you never hardly ever see in movies now outside of um, Tarantino's used it a little bit. Uh, Mark and I talked about that when he was telling talking about how he thought one in Reservoir Dogs was pretty poorly done, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it was a classic trick in the 80s. Uh, Brian De Palma was kind of famous for doing it a lot. He used it a sure. whole bunch. But yeah, it's something that I'd be interested to see show up again because you can do some you can do some pretty cool stuff with it like this where you really set up this very almost kind of Hitchcockian moment. Yeah, like what someone's what's doing happening. behind their back kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, just with careful careful uh, shots and editing, you can kind of set up, uh, you know, an event that we know is going to happen at some point without any of the characters knowing about it, which is pretty cool. I like that while that kind of drama is going on with, with those guys that are all kind of, they're almost kind of surrounding McCready. He's still yeah, kind of... Yeah, it's a little standoff that's about... Yeah, about to happen. Yeah, like I, it is an interesting thing because he's obviously in control, but he's also still kind of backed into a corner, and they're all kind of around him. Like, yeah, maybe they could take him on, kind of thing. But right, I like that while that drama is going on, Copper and Windows are like a hundred percent like ignoring all of that and yeah. trying and yeah. trying to resuscitate Norris. Um, so there re- really is this kind of split between these two very intense like in any in any other movie these two one of those would be plenty to sure. um, <laughs> to to make up this kind of crazy scene but here we get all of this happening at once it's um this is probably the the climax of the tension in this movie where you really don't know what's what's going to happen next and who to trust and and what's uh what's going on so yeah it's kind of the epitome of what this movie's about is is what's going on in these couple minutes here I like Copper just telling him all basically to shut the hell up, <laughs> let him let him kind of do his work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure he's he's glad to be untied too and not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I finally got something to do here, and there it it is kind of like Nalls at the beginning of this week, where like as soon as there's something else to put their focus on, he's like, hey, they don't suspect me anymore. Like, <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure he's glad to be able to put his, uh, his, his skills to use instead of being tied up on the couch and mm. suspected of being inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is a cool, cool minute here. We definitely get some good setup for the, uh, for the craziness that's about to happen, yeah. happen here in, in just a minute. But, um, and it is, it is a good cliffhanger and good, like place to kind of leave it, you know, for, uh, before you're jumping into like the next, you know, what comes next. So, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that'll that'll probably do it for this uh, everything in this minute in particular. But um, yeah, I mean, any any last minute thoughts about uh, about the thing in general, or, or uh, you know, any of your other like if you know if you could could have chosen minutes to do for the movie, what, what's kind of your favorite part that you would have liked to talk about? Um, it would have been the next set of minutes <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean. Everyone that is basically listening to this should check out that. It must be a DVD feature, but I watched it on YouTube. It's like a behind the scenes kind of making of where they, they talk to, you know, cast and crew and John Carpenter. But for me, the scenes of Rob Botine talking about kind of how he came up with some of these special effects, um, it's it's totally worth watching that 
you know, that his chunk of that behind the scenes uh, documentary thing, um, just the amount of love that he has and the joy on his face as he talks about working on this movie, it, it's a real treat. So, but aside from that, I mean, man, it's, it's such a good movie. I, I really love the, uh, the earlier stuff when they're finding the, finding the spaceship, some of the, uh, like it blew my mind when I found out that was all like a map painting or, you know, that surrounded the, oh, the main yeah. part of the ship. So that was, that's just a gorgeous little chunk. I, this is kind of another one of those unfortunate things that we don't get to see inside the ship. Like for some reason I had it in my memory that they did go into the ship and that we saw, you know, the, the uh, I probably, probably was mixing it with alien and just, you know, thinking I saw the, uh, you know, the, the cockpit and the pilot and that kind of thing that I, I think we really, you know, it, it's too bad they didn't go there, but, um, that's a, that's a great little chunk of minutes. And then the Norwegian base that they checked out, that mm-hmm. was really fun. So no, I mean, it's just such a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the thing I've gone back to a lot on this podcast and, I think the the biggest kind of uh, takeaway that I've had kind of looking at it this closely and talking about it with lots of people is that I think one of the big things that makes this such a classic and a movie that's really stood the test of time and become kind of a cult movie is um, just that it's it's so many different things done really, really well. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it's in a lot of ways, at least the first half of the movie is like this excellent kind of science fiction mystery where you really don't know what's happening and, and you yeah. know, it's kind of a suspense thriller in that way too, where, where we kind of know that there's something going on with this dog, but we don't know exactly what the deal is. Um, and then obviously there's, there's a huge science fiction element in the movie with the UFO and, uh, and you know, obviously it's an alien throughout, but that, that section in the movie in particular is very kind of classic science yeah. fiction. Um, and then obviously, you know, just with the kind of minutes we've been talking about this week, it's, it's very much like this kind of paranoid, um, you know, character drama, character driven drama too. And in, in a lot of places yeah. that, uh, you know, that you could c- completely take out the horror element of, of, uh, and those scenes would still stand on their own and, and be pretty excellent. And then of course, uh, you know, what it's mainly remembered for are the, the insane special effects that are not, not only just really well done, but incredibly unique and creative yeah. too. And, and, you know, still, I still don't feel like I've seen anything quite like it, um, you know, anywhere else. So yeah, it's just, so, there's so many different elements of the movie and all <laughs> of them are done pretty yeah. damn well. So um, I think one of the, one of the things that always stood out to me is how, how unique it is in that everyone starts out on the same playing field Mm-hmm. Um, when they all witness what's going on with the dog, like, I think everyone, maybe one or two people don't witness that, but almost everybody gets to see firsthand exactly what they're dealing with. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of horror movies, you know, if it's a group of people in a cabin in the woods and they're getting picked off one at a time by a slasher, like not everyone knows what's doing it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, everyone gets the information very slowly or some not at all, but here, like everyone's on the same page and then it's it's like you said before you know we go what what i think you said it was like 24 minutes between kind of monster sightings and so it becomes this it's not a monster movie at that point it's a man versus man in paranoia and all the suspicion so the the threat changes from it 
it doesn't matter that it's a monster. It's these guys in this, you know, they're all locked in together and they're just trying to kill each other because they don't trust one another. So such a unique take that, yeah, it just, it's just so incredible. Yeah, no, you're right. I hadn't, hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but it is, uh, you know, you don't get that moment like you do in most horror movies, especially around the, the time that this came out too, where, you know, people, somebody doesn't believe the main character about what's right. happening or something like that. You're right that these guys all kind of saw it happen. So it's the threat is not like, uh, nobody believes me and will help me. It's that there's no help coming. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these guys are alone and they've got to figure this problem out on their own and yeah. figure out how to relate to one another and, and trust one another to, to defeat this kind of like unseen invisible mm-hmm. force. It's yeah, it really does kind of stand alone in the, in the landscape of horror movies where, uh, you know, the villain is not the monster's kind of tangential to the threat. Um, yeah, which is, yeah. is really, really interesting and, and definitely, definitely puts this on kind of a more intellectual level, <laughs> um, to be appreciated than a lot of kind of slashers and things like that for sure. Yeah. 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 I guess that'll, that'll probably do it, but, um, thanks so much for being on this week, man. It's been really hey. fun. Yeah. Thank you for, for having me. Yeah, of course. So this, this is a real pleasure. Yeah. So, um, do you want to give us a, a rundown of where, uh, every all the listeners can find all the cool stuff you're uh, you're doing online. Absolutely, um, a real comic heroes. Um, you can find that on Twitter, uh, iTunes, Facebook, everywhere. Pretty easily at Real Comic Heroes. Um, Watchmen Minute is coming soon. You can go to uh, realpodcastnetwork.com, and that's kind of going to be the uh, that's that's the home for both shows. So you can go there just to kind of get. You know, you can see our list of movies that we have that we're intending to do over over on Real Comic Heroes, and then as we build, you know, build on to Watchmen Minute, that'll be the the home of that as well. So you'll have both shows will will live there, and uh, you can find me at that Travis Bow on Twitter. Um, I think that's about it. Cool. Well, yeah, man. I I, I should have said it earlier when we were talking about Watchmen Minute, but welcome welcome to this crazy. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's I. It's pretty insane putting together one of these shows. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I wish I, you the best. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I went to the uh, the movies by minutes Chicago. And oh, was, that's you know, awesome. Was lucky enough to just you know be be there for that to, to you know meet all those people, and that's actually where I met uh, Eric Nash, who is my co-host for Watchmen Minute. So um, yeah, we just just met there and got to talking, and and that's not where we came up with the idea for for Watchmen, but um, just meeting him there like that's what made me think when i decided to do watchmen like kind of made me decide to reach out to him so yeah kind of it's, it's it's a great community and and now yeah i am look i'm i'm excited that i am now officially a part of it and not just uh you know someone kind of lurking <laughs> on the facebook group and you know yeah for sure no i'll um i'll, I'll say that when i first started i was like uh, you know, I'll, I'll let Pete and Alex know and, you know, yeah. get, get their kind of blessing on it and everything. But I had no idea that there would be such an awesome community of people that, you know, I, it would have been so much more difficult to start up this podcast without, uh, the, uh, the Facebook group online. So yeah, if anybody is, um, is kind of on the edge or thinking about starting their own, you know, 
it's pretty, it can be a little intense. There's, it's a, a lot of work goes into it, but, um, the community is fantastic and you'll, you'll get a lot of support and not only Absolutely. just a, a big group of people that you can draw from to, to guest. And, you know, um, you know, it's funny. I, I started this podcast just thinking I was kind of doing it for fun on my own. And I've had the chance to be on a couple of other shows now, which is really, really cool. It's something I, I definitely didn't expect to happen. So right on. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool community and, and it's, uh, they're very, everybody's very supportive and will help you out with any kind of issues you have as you get started. So if you're yeah. thinking about it, you know, if you go to moviesbyminutes.com and, and the movie that you would love to listen to a podcast of isn't there, I, you know, I encourage people to think about doing it on your own. It's, it's a pretty fun adventure and it hopefully won't make you hate the movie that you're studying. <laughs> it, it hasn't, it hasn't for me in this case, I've, I've right. definitely learned to appreciate some things I didn't notice before, but, uh, yeah, hopefully that that's the case for most people doing these shows. I know it, it could be a little exhausting to delve into it in such detail, but it's <laughs> definitely rewarding. So yeah, awesome. Well, um, thanks again, and um, I guess we'll uh, we'll call this the end of the week here. So yeah, thank you. Um, uh, one thing you can do, listeners, if you do like the show and you want to support it, uh, if you can go to thethingminute.com slash Amazon, that'll take you to Amazon's homepage. But anything you buy there. Um, the show gets a very, very small percentage of that. So if you either make that kind of your regular shopping link for Amazon or just use that anytime you want to support the show, that's greatly appreciated. Um, if you also want to do something a little bit more direct, you can use the donate button at the bottom of thethingminute.com and, and just throw throw some coins our way. That's always very appreciated as well. Um, you know, podcasting is free for the listener, but is, it does uh, it's a little bit of a labor of love for the people putting it together. So it's always appreciated when, when people show that kind of... Uh, uh, appreciation for the show with with a donation so um so think about that but uh over the weekend i hope everybody has a good one and if you're still human by monday make sure to come back for another episode of the thing minute thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please go to thethingminute.com there you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on the thing you can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper signing out.